John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, the Spirit of truth to stay with you forever. The world cannot receive him, because it cannot see him or know him. But you know him, for he remains with you and lives in you. I will not leave you alone. I will come back to you. In a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And because I live, you also will live. When that day comes, you will know that I am in my Father and that you are in me, just as I am in you. Verse 25. I have told you this while I am still with you. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will make you remember all that I have told you. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not be worried and upset. Do not be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am leaving, but I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, because he is greater than I. I have told you this now, before it all happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe me. But the Holy Spirit wasn't just given to those disciples back then, all those years ago. He's given to us, too, today, to help us. But why does God give us his spirit? And what does the spirit do, anyway? What's his role? Well, I thought this morning we'd just spend a few minutes just thinking about that. And to help us do that, I have brought some things with me in this bag. So, the first thing that I have brought is one of these. What is this? A tin opener. Excellent. What does a tin opener teach us about the Holy Spirit? (laughs) I'm getting a few blank looks like, who is this crazy woman that you've invited into our church who brings tin openers with her? What do we do with a tin opener? Open tins. Okay. So it's something that helps us, isn't it? It's something that helps us. And in the same way, Jesus promised the disciples that he was going to send someone to help them. And that someone was the Holy Spirit. So the first thing about the Holy Spirit is that he helps us. So let's have that up on the screen. That's brilliant. So, tin opener, help. Okay. The next thing I have is this. Would someone like to come and have a look at this for me? Come on then. Do you want to come and have a look? Right. What is that? It's a case, yes, or a box. What do you think might go in the box? A ring. A ring, excellent, well done. What sort of ring do you think might go in it? A wedding ring. A wedding ring, you're right, excellent, spot on, good boy, thank you very much. Do you want to go and sit down now? This is um, is the box for my wedding ring. Now the reason this is the box is because obviously I'm wearing my wedding ring. Why do people who are married wear wedding rings? What's the point of a wedding ring? (laughs) 
That's not, that's worrying that there's probably quite a few of you in here who are married and you're all silent. No idea, I just wear it because my wife told me to wear it. Or my husband told me I had to wear it. Why do we, why do we wear a wedding ring? Come on children, tell us. Okay, it's a token of your love. Excellent. What else about it? Brilliant. Okay, so it's a circle that goes on forever, isn't it? A ring is a complete circle. It goes on forever and ever. It's a symbol of a promise that we've made to someone that we're always going to be faithful to that person. That's what we promise on our wedding day. So it's a sign of faithfulness. And the thing about the Holy Spirit is that when Jesus promised the Holy Spirit was coming, he didn't say, guys, it's okay, um, I'm going to send this uh, this person called the Holy Spirit, he's going to come and check on you occasionally, check you're doing all right. No, that's not what he said to them. He said, I'm going to send you a helper who will always be with you. Just as when we get married, we promise that we will be with that person until death parts us. So, We've got a wedding ring. We've got the Holy Spirit who is always with us. Not just some of the time, but all the time. Right, the third thing is this. Well, it's two things, really. It's one of these. It's maybe familiar to some of you. And one of these. What do we use these for? Direction. Excellent. What's this? A map, brilliant. What's this? It's open. Okay, just checking that you are awake this morning. Excellent. So we use these to help us find direction, hopefully, when we're lost. My husband and I quite like walking. The thing that we're not very good at when we go walking is we're not very good at starting off in the right direction. Have any of you had that experience where you've started to go on a walk and you've been like, it's definitely this gate over here. So you get through the gate and you get up the path a bit and then you think, I'm not really sure that this is the right way, actually. I'm not entirely sure this is the way we should go. Then we consult the instructions for the walk and the map and realise that, yes, in fact, we've gone wrong. So we're not very good at actually using our map and compass. We need to get a bit better at it, really. But the Holy Spirit is a bit like a map and a compass because he can give us direction. He shows us the way that we should go. And Jesus promised that again to the disciples. He said that the Spirit would show them the right way. He's called the Spirit of truth because he shows us the ways in which we should walk, the ways in which we should live our life. And he helps us to know the truth about God. So we've got the Holy Spirit being helping us, being a help to us, always being with us, and showing us the way, like the map and compass. Right, what else have I got in here? Ah, oh, one of these. What's this? A love heart. A love heart, excellent, it's a heart. What does a heart have to do with the Holy Spirit? Keeps us alive. Okay, excellent. What else? What else about heart? When Jesus was on earth, how did he come to earth? How did Jesus come to earth? Don't know. Should we ask someone else? Should we ask your friends over here to see if they can help us? How did Jesus come to earth? What did he come as? Uh, a baby, excellent. He came as a baby. He didn't come as a dinosaur or a zebra or any of the other lovely things we saw up here earlier. He came as a baby. He came as a human being. 
When Jesus came to earth as a human being, that meant that he lived within the constraints of being human, which meant that he could only really be with one group of people or in one place at a time. But the Holy Spirit comes and he can live in our hearts. So he has the ability to be with all of us all at the same time. Jesus, when he was on earth, couldn't do that. But the Holy Spirit can. He's God who lives in us, who lives in our hearts. Often when we talk about becoming Christians, we talk about inviting Jesus into our hearts. Into our hearts. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he dwells within within each one of us. And you know, I was just reflecting on that this week and I was just thinking, how amazing is it that the God of the whole world, who made the whole earth, who put it all together, who was there at the time of the flood, as we heard about earlier on, who was with Noah and his family and all those animals in the ark, the God of the whole world, who creates everything, chooses to come and live, not in a dinosaur, not in a zebra, not in a sheep, not in a dog, but he comes to choose, he chooses to come and live in our hearts as human beings. That's what sets us apart from all the rest of creation. Because God comes and he chooses to live with us. And that is an amazing thing. If we really stop and think about it, the amazement of God coming to live in our hearts. So he lives in us. He just doesn't sit there, but he lives in us. His life and his breath are in us. And so, if you think back to the candles that we had on our cake at the beginning of the service, he's like that flame that continually lives in each one of our hearts. So, he lives in us, that's our heart. Anybody recognise these? Put your hands up if you've ever, done, if you've ever uh, used a set of instructions or a manual that looks like this. They're very clever manuals because they're entirely made up of pictures. There's no words in it. It's just a load of pictures. And the idea of this is that in theory, anyway, it is supposed to tell you how to put together the piece of furniture pictured on the front. So in this case, these are uh, drawers that go beside our bed in our bedroom. Um, And these are the instructions or the handbook of how to put those drawers together. Now, sometimes we are very good at reading instruction manuals, and sometimes we're not. Sometimes we like to think we can do it our own way, don't we? And we think, oh, I don't need those instructions. How hard can it be? And then we end up finding that we've put things on back to front and the wrong way around. Um, That's my experience with my own husband, who's not here, so he can't tell me off. Um, But that is my experience of instruction manuals. But the point of an instruction manual is it is supposed to teach us something, isn't it? It's there to teach us. It's there to show us how to do something. And Jesus, when he promised the Holy Spirit... One of the promises he made in that reading that we heard earlier was that the Spirit would teach the disciples everything they needed to know about how to follow God. And that's true for us too. He helps us understand as we read the Bible, as we read God's word, he helps us to understand what God is saying to us through it. He helps us to pray um, when we do that. He helps us to be obedient And so without the the Spirit, we simply wouldn't be able to live the life that God wants us to, because he is our teacher. So the Holy Spirit teaches us. Right, now the last thing I have in here is one of these. 
What's this? It's a book. It's a special kind of book. What kind of... It's not a Bible, but it's a good guess. It could be a Bible, but it's not. It's a diary, yes. It's last year's diary. It is, in fact, my husband's work diary from last year that I've borrowed. Um, What does a diary do? If you're like me, your diary is on your phone, and that's how my diary is. But this is a paper diary. But what does a diary do? Why do we have diaries? The kids are like, we don't need diaries. What are you talking about? As adults, why do we have diaries? To remind us, excellent, to remind us of all the things that we're supposed to do. I am completely lost without my diary. I don't know how you are, if you don't know where your diary is, but if I cannot find my phone, I do not know what it is I'm supposed to be doing that day. So a diary is really, really crucial and really important. It reminds us. And Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, said that the Holy Spirit would remind them of everything that he had taught them of everything that had happened while he had been with them on earth. So the Holy Spirit reminds us about things. And he reminds us today too. The Spirit is the one that just prompts our memory and reminds us of those amazing things that God has already done in our lives and of all the things that he's promised us that he's going to do in the future. So the Holy Spirit reminds us. So if we just take the slide away for a minute, just to check who's really been concentrating... There we go. Right. I'm going to show you the different things and you're going to tell me what they help us to remember about the Holy Spirit. So, the tin opener. The Holy Spirit helps us. Excellent. The ring box. The Holy Spirit is always with us. Well done. There's some very awake people on the front row. The map and the compass. What does the Holy Spirit do? Direction. He shows us the way. Excellent. Well done. The heart. He lives in us. Well done, good lad. He lives in us, in our hearts. The instruction manual. That's the next one. What's this one? What does an instruction manual do? Tells us what to do, teaches us. Excellent, well done. And the, and the last one. Reminds us of all that Jesus said and did while he lived on earth and all the things that Jesus does in our lives now. So if that's what the Holy Spirit is for, and that's why God gives us his spirit, then what sort of effect do you think that should have on our lives? You know, on that first day of Pentecost, the disciples just couldn't help but talk about God. They were really, really excited about all that God had done. And it was impossible for them to not talk about it. It was as if... It just overflowed and came out of them. It overflowed from them because they were so full of the Holy Spirit. That's why I needed a bowl, you see. There we go. We'll leave that there. But the same is true for us in our lives. If we're really full of the Holy Spirit, if we really understand what God has done for us, then we will be the same. We'll be so full of that news that we just can't wait to get it out there. It will just burst out of us. The Spirit helps us to respond excitedly to all the things that we see God doing in our own lives, in the lives of our friends, and in the and in the world around us. So we're going to move now into a short time of prayer and um, a little bit of a response time. And then uh, we're just going to consider those things and think about maybe where we are this morning um, in terms of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is at work within each one of us. 
So let's spend some time praying now. Holy God, whose power is known through wind, fire and still small voice, be present with us now, that as we pray, our hearts may burn within us. We ask for your forgiveness, Lord, when we forget the power that lies within and trust instead upon our human strength. Remind us of that glorious day when your spirit transformed the lives of those who hid in fear into people of power. Renew hearts which have grown cold with flames of fire as on that Pentecost, that we might be the church that you desire. Father God, we offer to you our prayers for the world. For those who long for good news and for those who no longer believe that good news is possible. For those who long to break out of their prisons and those who do not realise the prisons that hold them. For those who seek for truth and wisdom and for those who have given up the search. For those who labour for justice and those who are tired of the struggle. For those who need to know that God loves them and for those who are hurt by the church's failure to love. Amen. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I want to invite you now just to bring to God anything that is worrying you or making you afraid, just in the quietness of your own heart between you and God, anything that is worrying you or making you afraid. Jesus said, my peace I give you. Thank you for hearing us, Lord. Please help us to know your peace. When the Spirit first came, some of the people in Jerusalem asked, what does all this mean? I want to invite you now to think of somewhere that you're going to go this week, or someone that you're going to meet, and to just pray silently for a moment for that place or that person. Lord, help us to bring your love to our friends, our families and our colleagues so that they can understand who you are. Give us the joy of your presence and the courage to tell others about you wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.